Hey, York Alliance, welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Monday, November 9th. Hope you're doing well as we start this new week. It was great to see so many of you over the weekend. It was uh, really good to be together on Saturday night at those two gatherings and on Sunday morning at those two gatherings. You've done an incredible job of spreading out. We had three pretty full gatherings, and one, uh, the 7.30 on Saturday night, was a little quieter, but uh, all of them were spread out really well. We have not yet had to use the overflow, which we're really thankful for. And it's so good to be able to see so many of you. I know that uh, wearing a mask is a barrier for some, and I, I feel for that. I'm sorry for that. We do believe that that's the best decision that we can make right now to care for everyone, uh, particularly as the numbers escalate around us. We feel like that's the best decision. But please hear me. I totally understand some of your decision to stay home and to uh, watch from home where you don't have to wear a mask, and I, I totally get that. But for those who are able and willing, I'm thrilled for you to be there. And for those who haven't tried it yet, uh, we have truly done everything we can do to make it safe. I'm going to attempt to do uh, a, at least a brief video update this week to uh, kind of highlight some of the things that we've done and, and why we've done some of the things that we've done. Um, but uh, it, it's it, it's certainly not perfect, but uh, we believe that it is as safe as it can be. And uh, we believe that we're taking every precaution that we can. And so we'd be thrilled for you to try it out. Um, this is going to be the new reality, it looks like, for the next several months. And so um, it was great to see those of you who are able to be there. Well, um, we were in a deep and wide-ranging and difficult passage on Sunday, the second half of uh, Matthew 21, the beginning of Matthew 22, three uh, somewhat complex parables. And so we're going to dig into those, particularly the middle one, uh, a bit more over the next several days. But today, I want to take just a few minutes to respond to the events of last week. Um, obviously, there was a lot of uncertainty, all eyes on Pennsylvania, as many pundits were saying throughout the, the week. Um, and that ended on Saturday morning with a new president-elect being declared, Joe Biden. And um, both the, uh, the joy and the heartbreak of those who are deeply committed to one side or the other. Um, here's some things that I think are important for us to recognize. Uh, first of all, we are still just as divided as we were four years ago and as we were four weeks ago. Um, certainly there's a different outcome in this moment, but um, regardless of that, half of the country is still really upset. And if the result had gone a different direction, half of the country would still be upset because we're still really ideologically divided. And I think that's something that we need to remember as followers of Jesus, that we need to have grace for people on both sides, that um, there, there are deep feelings on both sides and we need to have grace for them. We need to walk with people uh, regardless of whether they're full of joy right now or whether they're uh, full of heartbreak and even fear right now, uh, that we would have grace for people on both sides. I also think it's important to note that despite President-elect Obama's, uh, Obama, yeah, that was back a while ago, uh, President-elect Biden's initial remarks, there are no clear mandates for our government right now. 
Uh, the only thing is clear is that we are really deeply divided. Um, there, there are not clear mandates on any side. There's not a clear mandate for the Democratic Party or for the Republican Party. And as believers in Jesus, uh, we need to recognize the situation that we're in rather than play partisan politics on either side. So what do we do? Well, I want to give you four things that I think are really important in the coming weeks and months, and I would even say over the next four years. First, we are called to pray. We were called to pray for George W. Bush at the beginning of this millennia. We were called to pray for President Obama. We were called to pray for President Trump. And now we are called to pray for President Biden. Romans 13 says that God establishes the ruling authority that's over us. He doesn't say why he makes the decisions he makes. He simply says that he does. And so we don't know what the reason is. We don't know what it is that God's doing. But he says because he has established the ruling authority, our responsibility is to pray for those who are in authority. I've been doing some study in the life of King David, and one of the most puzzling aspects of the life of David is that King Saul, after having the mantle of the Spirit removed from him, continued to rule for more than a decade. Uh, And David ran from him and waited. Why did God allow that to happen? Why, going all the way back, did God call King Saul rather than call King David to start with? Why is it that God called and allowed so many evil kings throughout the history of Israel? We, We don't know. I don't understand why. But I do know that it happened, and I do know that through my study, even future King David submitted to the authority of the Lord's anointed, even when he was being hunted down. We need to be people who pray for those who are in authority over us. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. We need to live as a peaceful, non-anxious presence in the world. We know that God is in control. We know that we are first citizens of heaven. And so we need to be those who don't erupt with one side or the other because we know that the ultimate reality hasn't changed and the ultimate reality will not change. God is and will be in control. And so in the midst of an anxious world that struggles to live in peace, we need to be people who are peaceful and non-anxious When we enter into a circle of people, there should be a tangible, palpable, peaceful presence that comes with us. We need to be those who are not driven by anxiety, but are driven instead by a a, a certainty of knowing that God's in control, despite what happens in the world around us. God is in control. The third is related to that. We need to resist fear and embrace love. Uh, One of the things that I've said to many of you and even on this podcast a few times is uh, just a fascinating reality to me that both sides are driven by the same thing. And that goes all the way back to March as uh, the coronavirus began to sweep the United States. Both sides were driven by fear. Uh, uh, One side driven by we need to mask up and stay inside because we're afraid we might get the virus. To the other side being saying we we need to keep going and we need to take off the mask because we don't want to be controlled. We're afraid of being controlled by people and we're afraid of the economy shutting down. Fear driving both sides. When racial injustice erupted around the George Floyd killing and others that happened, 
there was fear on both sides, fear that uh, that these deaths and police brutality would continue, fear that there would be lawlessness in the streets and there would be rioting and we would become an anarchical society, fear on both sides. And as you went into the election cycle and through the election cycle, the one thing that tied both candidates together is their primary message was not unity, was not clarity, was not an economic policy. Their primary message was fear. Don't elect those on the left because we'll be a Marxist socialist state. Don't elect those on the right because they're uh, fascist and because they're angry and have bad character and are going to ruin the country. Both sides are driven by fear. But fear and love cannot coexist. And so for us as people of God, we live by the words of the Apostle John, perfect love drives out fear. We need to be people of love. And when we sense fear creeping in, we need to invest in and embrace love because fear and love cannot exist in the same space. And so we need to resist fear and embrace love. And then finally, we do that by being thankful in all circumstances. You may be thrilled or less than thrilled with where we're at right now. You may be upset or concerned. You may even be angry. But we need to be thankful. There is so much that we have to be thankful for, from the beauty of the day to the freedom we have in our country to the goodness of God toward us in so many different ways to family and friends, a church community, the goodness and sweetness of the Word of God. There's so much that we have to be thankful for. We, um, along with several of you, are doing a bit of an experiment this November. We have a pumpkin down in uh, the front of our house. We have a little sign by it talking about how difficult 2020 has been and inviting people just to write messages of thankfulness on the pumpkin that we would just remind one another just in our neighborhood that we have so much to be thankful for. And it's so cool to see all of the different things that people have written on our pumpkin just in the last couple days as they've uh, navigated the journey around them. If you were with us on first Wednesday, we talked about Isaiah chapter 6, certainly the, the, maybe most clearly the way it begins. In the, the year that King Uzziah died, when everything was uncertain and Isaiah wasn't sure what was ahead of him, when the political climate was changing, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, Isaiah said. There was quite a bit of uncertainty on Wednesday when we prayed that. There's a bit more certainty now, but there's still so much that's uncertain. And it's still true. We need to have a vision of the Lord seated on the throne. That's the bottom line from this election. Our hope cannot be in one party or one candidate or the other. It cannot be in a political system. It cannot be in the way that the United States operates. We must have hope solely placed in the Lord who is seated on the throne. And so, brothers and sisters, I hope that you receive that wherever you are today. And I hope that the, the peace and the love of Jesus would dwell upon you and deeply within you, transforming you and I, so that the peace and love of Jesus would flow from us to a waiting and watching world. Have a great day. Looking forward to be back with you again tomorrow.